Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And we are missing... And I'm Phil. <laughs> what? Sounded Fire. just like her. No, we, we, are missing, we are missing Val today. And anytime that one of us isn't here, we definitely miss them. So Val, we hope that you'll be back next week, obviously, and hope everything's good for you. So, um, But we are ready to talk about... It's our last Rick Moranis movie that we're talking about this month. I'm kind of um, sad. It is really sad, and it's funny because, as I've told people, we're talking about Rick Moranis, and they start, oh, are you going to talk about this movie and this movie? It's like, no, no, we didn't. Listen, it's we did three movies, and so we didn't even touch on the guy's career. I know, like, he's got a huge career, but I think we did a wide variety of movies for sure between yeah. uh, My Blue Heaven, um, Parenthood, and then today's movie, Spaceballs. They are all three. three very different. Very different roles and movies and uh <laughs> I don't know, Tracy. Would you say that Spaceballs may be the silliest movie we've ever done? I think without a doubt, this is the silliest <laughs> movie we've ever done. <laughs> I don't think there is anything that we have discussed that comes close to the level of absurdity of this film. But that's not a bad thing. No, it's not. It's not. And <laughs> especially because, and we'll, and we'll get into the film a little bit more, but this is a film that knows that it's absurd and knows that it's silly. I mean, it's Mel Brooks and... If, if you know Mel Brooks stuff, you can't take any of it seriously. So, yeah. um, hey, we I mean, forgot he, to mention this is now officially Spaceballs the podcast. Yeah, correct, Spaceballs the podcast. I wish yep, I we're had. We're spinoff. So <laughs> we're all in on the merchandising. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I guess if it's Spaceballs the podcast, we have to start with a <laughs> one of these. <laughs> The Spaceballs salute. Be, before before we get into Spaceballs, and we're going to get into it, and it's and we're going to go off the rails because it's a movie that just goes off the rails, and it's just the two of us. So uh, yeah, it's going to go nuts. Yeah, cool. yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but we both watched a documentary the other day uh, that's on uh, HBO Max. It's an HBO documentary, and it's called Fake Famous. And we kind of just wanted to touch on that really quick. Just kind of recap it if you guys haven't heard of it. Uh, it's worth it's checking an out. And you HBO Max exclusive, so that's the only place you can check it out. Correct. So, um, you you were the one that kind of recommend. Well, you didn't recommend it. You said you had watched it. And I was like, what is this? And so I wanted to check it out. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what Fake Famous is all about. So I was just, I'm, I'm working yesterday, late afternoon. I'm like, I just need something that I can put on in the background. I'm, I'm tired of commercials from TV. So yeah, I just want to find a movie that I don't have to pay a lot of attention to. And I, scrolling through, found this movie called Fake Famous. And it's about social media influencers and people, especially on Instagram, who have these hundreds of thousands and millions of followers and they get paid to endorse products. So they'll um, they'll talk about jewelry. They'll talk about like facial uh, cleansers. They'll discuss all sorts of stuff. They'll they'll go to a hotel and review it and stuff like that. But a lot of these people are simply buying their followers and kind of talking to the void until real people discover them. Mm -hmm. And it follows three different people. And it's interesting, they, they take three people, they audition a bunch of people, and they're like, we could have gone the easy route and chosen the obvious people. But they tried to find more, quote-unquote, normal people. 
uh, ordinary people and trying to make them famous on the internet. And after about 15, 20 minutes, I'm like, I need to pause this and wait until after my work day. Cause I've got to finish the rest of this cause it's yeah. requiring my attention. So yeah, you mentioned it. Um, my wife and I decided to turn it on and watch it. Um, and obviously with what we do on movies that make us um, and being involved with the stolen droids network, mm-hmm. we're all trying to build a little bit of that social media following um, because we want people to come watch our shows and, or listen to our shows. Uh, and we've done it all. Any of our followers we've gotten organically. We haven't gone right. and bought any bots no bot. or anything like no that, bots here. <laughs> <clears throat> which is probably why we're under a thousand followers on like all of our social media. But <laughs> I have confidence that, that those are all people that, that are, are on some level interested individuals. Yes, correct. <laughs> um, but my wife does a lot with social media because she's, she's a blogger. Um, mm-hmm. She does craft blogging. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm going to drop the name of her blog here, five little because everybody should go check it out. It's amazing. Um, it and she's turned, she's turned that into an income for us. Um, but she can't compete with some of the bloggers that are oh. out there because of the fact that they're spending hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars to get these fake interactions and fake bots and things like that. Now it's not everybody on there, but it kind of is as you watch fake famous and they break it down and they talk about even some of the big celebrities, it kind of is everybody out there. Mm -hmm. That's got a huge following and not just celebrities, politicians, um, news stations, uh, entertainment sources, everybody's kind of in on this. And, and I knew that this existed, but not how far that it went. Um, like during the election, I remember that Twitter and Facebook were getting rid of bots and all of a sudden the, the numbers for uh, politicians would drop and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was down to these individual people. And it's so interesting to me, the lengths that they go to, like they want to show that they're on an airplane and they're really not. And so they went to Home Depot and bought a toilet seat and take the bottom of the toilet seat and holds it up next to the actress. And then they have a picture of some clouds behind her. And it looks like she's flying on an airplane the way that they frame up the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just go out into the backyard and they get a, a kiddie pool from like Walmart, fill it with water and, and rose petals so you can't see the bottom. And then all of a sudden she's in a spa. It's crazy. Um, well, and, go ahead. Oh yeah. It, I, I just totally was. And when they got to the, toward the end spoilers, COVID happened. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a spoiler. Cause I think we're all pretty <laughs> familiar with it at this it's point. Been a year, your spoilers are okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, everything shut down Yeah, and they talked about how within weeks a lot of these influencers on instagram were posting just their normal pictures like they were still living the high life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when you get to peek behind the curtains of how they built up the three individuals that they select and the fakeness that they did to get there you realize that you know while you're sitting here struggling to just like deal with quarantine in general mm-hmm. they're out having a great time but they're really not and it's all just fake. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and, and then, one of my, f- go ahead. Oh, Sorry. I, I was just going to say one of the, one of the, to me, the part that really struck home is to the end of the film. And I won't go into, into too much detail for those that want to check it out, but it really hits home how much social media affects kids 
Yep. And the sad thing is, is we're now having a generation who is having kids who are raised on social media. So now they know how to get their kids into this. And that's a very questionable realm to be in sometimes. Yeah, I, I agree. They, they showed the stats of, and I think this is probably the same when you and I were kids, Tracy, like if somebody asked you what you wanted to be like your dream job mm-hmm. for me, pro athlete probably would have been at the top of the list. And that was, you know, they showed that for the longest time it was like pro athlete, doctor, astronaut, mm-hmm. you know, these kind of things. And now more and more kids are saying, I want to be an influencer. And I want to be famous. I want to be famous. And, and what does that mean? So it's, it's all very interesting. Um, I think one of my favorite lines comes toward the end of the film where he says, the point of these influencers isn't to make you feel better about yourself, but to make you feel worse because you aren't happy with who you are and you want mm-hmm. what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on just one second. I got to close my door. No problem. Yeah. So it's a really interesting film. It's on HBO max. Um, it's exclusive there. Um, if you're interested at all as peeking bot, like Jake said, peeking behind the curtain, um, yeah. as to how social media really kind of works um, between this and the, I think it's the social dilemma that's mm-hmm. on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. And, so we and appreciate all, that, all our real life listeners. Exactly. All of that being said, it made me happy about where we are. As far as mm-hmm. our followers, we appreciate you guys and the interactions that we get. Um, and we just um, like, I feel like we try to offer something that's entertaining that people enjoy. And uh, if that means that you follow us on, on Facebook or on Instagram or on Twitter, like we just totally appreciate that. So um, it's Um, just awesome. The other film really, really quick. And then we'll jump into space balls. Um, It's on Disney plus just came out on Friday of last week and it's called uh, Flora and Ulysses. And Mm -hmm. it's based on a children's book. But and, and this is a film that I would not have sought out in the theaters. Like, I wouldn't have bought a ticket and gone to the theater and watched it. It is really cute. It's a great family film. And when we talk about family films, there's a stigma. This is a really smart, clever um, movie. It's got Ben Schwartz, Allison Hannigan, Danny Pudi from Community, who we both love. Mm-hmm. Um it's got a couple people from Saturday Night Live. It's got Horatio Sands, uh, or not? I think it's Horatio Sands. Anyway, um, really cute movie about a, a little girl who becomes friends with a squirrel who gets superpowers. So it's nice. a weird concept, but man, it's cute. I've heard. I haven't. I haven't watched it yet, um, but everything that I've seen from everybody that's seen it online has really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure there's somebody, I'm sure you can find somebody who didn't. And I don't mean everybody who's seen it really enjoyed it, but people <laughs> that I've interacted with, it seems like it's been very well received. And I think that that's great. Um, I think it's easy to look at Disney plus and these kind of family films that they're putting out there straight to streaming. And Disney right. kind of has this record of, you know, if it's on the Disney channel, it's a certain level of quality. And if mm-hmm. it's like straight to DVD, it's a certain level of quality. They're turning that around. I feel like a lot on their 100%. Disney plus stuff. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Cause between, they've had a couple of really good fun films. Yeah. There, there, there've been a few clunkers. The, the fairy sure. godmother one was, was not good. Um, yeah, it was not good. At uh, all. That was not good. And I had high <laughs> hopes cause I love both the actresses in it. But, yes. Whew, that was a stinker. Um, yep. but, but between WandaVision, the, the trailer that we saw for Falcon and the winter soldier 
the quality is there. Like they're putting in the time and the effort. Yep. And and this isn't a stupid little kitty film. This is a really cute, smart, clever film about a family um, coming together and overcoming difficulties while having a superhero squirrel in their mix. And it's really cute. Cool. Well, I, I'll have to check it out. It it feels like it's probably on the same level of quality as like Noel that came out like right after Disney. I didn't Plus see that launched. one, but I heard that one was good. Yeah. And I, yeah, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. And again, it had some good, strong comedic actors in it with Anna Kendrick and uh-huh. um, Bill Hader. Yes. Bill Hader. Thank you. Um, and so it, it was also really good. So I'm excited to watch Flora, Flora and Ulysses. Flora right? and Ulysses. Yep. Yep. All right. You ready? So now we're going to, I'm ready. Let's talk about let's, space let's balls. Let's buckle in. Make let's sure you're belted because we're going ludicrous speed. We're going ludicrous speed. We've, we're going plaid. Like it's going to be out of the world, out of this world. This is such, it's so great because it does poke fun at Star Wars, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Star Wars fan, you've got to be able to poke fun of at yourself. Um, and if you're a fan of anything, like, enjoy taking the things to the extreme that, that are in the movie. I mean, yeah. From the, the whole concept of star Wars, which is ridiculous in and of itself, but wonderful and great and stupendous. (laughs) I mean, to like, you've got Lone Star, right. And Mm -hmm. his friend barf and Bill and and John Candy. So good. Bill Pullman, John Candy, um, and when they're in their, sh- their ship, which is a flying Winnebago. And I just love that because this is how, you know, they're poking fun because when you look at the millennium Falcon, it is supposed to be like a hunk of junk. Like everybody comments on that. I love that ship. It's one of my favorite <laughs> ships in all of sci-fi. I mean, look, you can see up here, I've got, I've got the picture. Whoa. Yeah. Know, got the picture up on my wall. Like, I love it. When, when I saw it, the, when I saw the Millennium Falcon at the Disney Park, like I teared up. I legit was oh, like, "Absolutely, I need a moment here." <laughs> I, you come around that corner, depending on how you come in, and you come around the corner, and it's just blind, just- and then it's just there, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But every time somebody sees it in the films, th- for the first time, they comment on it being a hunk of junk. Right. Like, right. In Moss Eisley, they do it when they pick it up in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. It's like this piece of junk that's just been out here sitting in the junkyard forever, like all this kind of stuff. And so to take that <laughs> to the extreme and have it be a junky, worn down Winnebago, <laughs> like it's just awesome. And that's when you're like, yeah, this is going to be well, painful, great- but fun. <clears throat> it's, there's a minute. The first minute of the movie is nothing but the crawling of the spaceship as it goes through space. Yes. It's a full we, minute. I timed it. <laughs> it is. It's really, really long. Um, but the thing is, that's okay. And and when you watch A New Hope, <laughs> when that when the Star Destroyer comes over you and you've got it going slowly, it's not a full minute, but it feels long. And so right. they are poking fun at some of these things and it's okay because you're like, yeah, no, that's fair. That's mm-hmm. pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But what I think I love about this movie so much is it has the loosest definition of a plot. Like they took the <laughs> most cliche, like a princess who doesn't want to get married to the prince mm-hmm. and falls in love with the scoundrel kind of plot. You can see this movie in like, this is 
Tangled from Disney. This is like every princess movie that's out there almost is basically the plot from this movie. But guess what? The plot, it doesn't matter. They had to have a movie with a story that just moves you from one sight gag or pun to the next. And that's right. all this is. Right. It's the framework that you hang the jokes on. Yes. Exactly. Like some movies, some comedies approach it as, hey, let's have a good story and throw in some jokes here and there. This approaches it as we've got all these great jokes. Can we find just some story to throw behind these jokes? And that's basically what Spaceballs is. A loose well, story with a lot of jokes. Not every joke hits, but they throw them so fast at the screen that by the time you finish laughing at one, yeah. the next one is hitting. And so I first saw this movie. It came out in, I think, 87. And I was 12. And I was a huge Star Wars geek. Like, I had the bed sheets and the drapes and the toys and everything. Mm -hmm. And I had never seen Mel Brooks. I had never seen a parody film. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, back then, we didn't have the internet where we could pull up trailers. So I went into it cold. My dad went into it cold. My dad was like, oh, it looks like a Star Wars movie. The kid's like that. And so he took us. And I remember coming out of that movie, and my dad was laughing. And I was like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, I hated <laughs> that movie because i didn't get it and because it seemed like they were making fun of star wars which at the time was like an affront to me right. and i had not i had not seen this movie in 25 plus years and it's so stupid but i found myself just laughing so yeah. hard last night i don't know if i was in the right mood or what but my i, I don't completely I, different reaction i just think that it's just it, it might be in the right mood. I don't know. But I felt the same way. Like, I'm watching him like, this is the stupidest movie. And and from a storyline plot point of view, it totally is. And, and the acting is fine. But, like, <laughs> it's not. But that's not what you're watching it for. But despite yourself, you're still finding yourself laughing at some of the mm -hmm. jokes. And you're right. Some oh. of them don't land. But but the ones that do are enough of them that you're just like, yeah, that's still really a funny movie. I don't I care. I think the most groan-worthy joke is they have this huge setup, and then uh, Lone Star says to Barf, well, who knew we were going after a Druish princess? And then yes. John Candy pauses and looks directly into the camera and goes, funny, she didn't look Druish. And it's yeah. just because they're setting up that she's high maintenance and she's difficult and she's right. a Druish princess and... I was just, oh, I, I lost. I'm like, that is so bad, but oh my. <laughs> well, and, and when you look at where it is in the place of the movie, like when he says it, who knew we'd be going after a Druish princess? What do you mean you didn't know? Like, if you think about the story again, and this is why you can't, because it's not, the point of the story is just to move you from one joke to the next. And when you think about it, like, how did you yeah. not know that it was a Druish princess? Because you just talked to the king of Druidia, who told you go after my daughter. Why would you not think she's a Druish princess? Like, but that's why the joke is so funny because it's just so stupid it's just and so it is dumb. totally grown worthy. And you're just like, oh. yeah, that's, and, I, I, and even when they're, and again, like it's a different time, obviously. And mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that Mel Brooks, the way that he does comedy, he gets away with stuff 
that if you do it in a different context or if you do it and you have to be so careful with some of these jokes oh, yes. because they can uh-huh. totally land in the wrong way and mm-hmm. end up being offensive. Um, like when they're combing the desert, which is a classic scene, <laughs> you've got three what? sets of people combing the desert and there two of them isn't just the regular comb. You know, it's got the white part and the skin part mm-hmm. and they're combing the desert. And then you've got to the two black guys that are doing with the the pick instead of a comb and like and it plays out fine but if you do that wrong it could play out so poorly oh yeah like Mm -hmm. you just got to be careful and i think mel brooks flirts with that line oh he is right on that line yes and i think that's what makes him so good at comedy i mean when i think about some of the other stuff that he's done that i really enjoy like young frankenstein which is just a classic mm-hmm. film i mean he mm-hmm. just pushes right up and just dances on that line and probably as he's dancing away from it and you think he's going to go over it he's just giving you one of these <laughs> as he's walking away i mean he, yeah just like <laughs> And this film does that. I mean, it just takes it to the point where you're like, oh, this is going to get really inappropriate. And then it doesn't, but it's just enough. And, yeah. It's, and it's, I, I think it's, it's really seasoning. good. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> hey, and for some it, people's tastes, it may be over seasoned and I get that, but I sure, enjoy it. Sure. But, but I have a question for you. Yes. When is this happening? This now. Is- this is happening now. So what happened to when we started the conversation? Well, that was before. Okay, hold on. Let's see if we can get this right here because I'm going to try. <laughs> that was probably my favorite scene rewatching the movie was was them watching Spaceballs the movie. See, Whoa. So when is this there happening? We well, this is now. And see, now we can look at it and it's that is anyway. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's even if that's a throwback to the movie visual. Well done, oh. sir. And that is such great moment because he's still totally confused so what were we gonna what are we gonna do and i love it when they're getting to the part where they're up to the now and it shows the ludicrous speed part it's like skip over this fast forward like never show that part again <laughs> rick moranis in this is so good um he's we've so talked funny of, he so just funny has great role. timing um as as lord helmet just perfect for this because he is the look of someone who is completely not menacing. Rick Moranis is the least menacing person you will ever see. I think. Uh Um, And that's not a dig on Rick Moranis at all. I don't think it's a positive thing to be menacing, but he just isn't. And so to have him be the big bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Darth Vader is like the most badass, evil menacing figure in cinema. And then you have, Tiny Rick Moranis with this gigantic helmet. And I forgot he's wearing a black tie. <laughs> yes. The tie is just perfect. I had forgotten that there was a tie involved. And to, I mean, just, just the way they play on that, he has trouble breathing in the helmet. So he's got to push the, the mask up. And yep. Um, and then when I, I love when they're in the desert and he's in the big pit helmet. <laughs> yes. And he's got it open the whole time and then he closes it. And like Rick Moranis, we've talked about this before. When you're talking about actors, a lot of times people think that comedy is 
less than drama as far right. as the, the talent of the actors. And it's really not because you've got to get that timing so right. And this is where he really shines. I mean, this is shortly after he's doing like SCTV and mm-hmm. some of that kind of stuff. And if mm-hmm. you've never seen SCTV, like it's like old Saturday. I mean, it's Saturday night live it's Canadian Saturday night live, basically. Ex- exactly. And it's mm-hmm. got some incredibly talented people on there. Like Rick Moranis, John Candy was on SCTV. Catherine O'Hare was on SCTV. Bill like, Hartman was on that. Yes. Like, yeah, just incredibly talented people. Um, and that's kind of where you can see him cutting his comedy teeth and really coming into his own as, is in that series. And this reminds me a lot of that because he's in this outrageous costume, mm-hmm. playing this outrageous mm-hmm. character. And he just does it so well because he just nails everything. He says like the whole, well, when is this? Is this now what, like he's totally confused by that. And you just what happened before every bit of it <laughs> when he crashes in after they're in ludicrous speed and they pick him up and he's like, Oh, how is everybody? Why don't we go ahead and, and take five, like the way he plays it is just so well done. It and reminds me a lot of his character in Ghostbusters at that moment. Yeah, it's kind of that. Yeah, hey, it was... everybody, how's it yeah, going? Exactly. <laughs> the other okay. scene that I love with him is when he's when he's reenacting with the dolls, and he's yes. got the, the little figure of Darth Helmet, and he's got the princess, and he's got Lone Star, and he's got Barf, and he's like. I'm going to kiss you. Oh no. <laughs> and then yes. Star's like, I'm going to stop you. <laughs> Boom. And knocks him over. <laughs> and I can't even imagine having to shoot that scene <coughs> and trying to be quiet while he's oh, doing this crew, and not laughing. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know how much of, I look at scenes like that. And I'm like, I hope that that just wasn't totally scripted. I hope that it was I, like, I bet you it felt improv. Yeah. Cause it I would love like for the director just, to just be like, here, I want you to play with these dolls, like reenacting the story. I don't have the exact lines, but just improvise. All right, it. great. Yeah. And then he's just doing it. And like with a straight face the whole time. And like when Colonel said, first of all, his second, his right hand man is Colonel Sanders. All right. Which is awesome. And they, they, they don't overdo the lines with it either. There's mm-hmm. like one or two lines where he's like, what's the matter, Sanders chicken. And like, <laughs> and when it hits, it's perfect. And it just, anyway, they don't overdo it. Uh-huh. But he, uh-huh. when he comes in and he grabs the dolls and he's like, did I tell you, you to knock anything. or whatever? <laughs> you didn't like, see anything. anything. No, sir. No, I didn't see I you did play with your dolls. Again. With your dolls. <laughs> But yes, that scene is just so genius and so well done and so hilarious. Um, oh, and the, the the great thing too is, I mean, the majority of it is spoofing Star Wars, but they take on several sci-fi classics. So you've got Star Trek with Snotty, who's trying to yes. beam in uh, President Scruggs. <laughs> True, President Scruggs. And he's Scrooge. got like the, the Scottish hat with the, you know. Yes. Um, you've got, uh, aliens or alien, um, and you yeah. actually had, um, I think, oh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who actually had the alien burst out of his chest was cast into this role and he gives yeah. the great line. Oh, not this again. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, if you're not a fan of alien and you haven't, you won't get that. But if you have, then you're like, that's hilarious. Cause it's the and same guy that happened that's to another in the other one. movie. That's another one. When I was a kid, I was like, that was gross. What was that? And now having seen Alien, 
And then the alien breaks into "Hello, my baby." Hello, my darling. yes. <laughs> I, it's just so stupid, but it, it just works. It's um, they, also they, stupid. They also spoof uh, Planet of the Apes. Yes, which I had forgotten about. Which was another film I had not seen at the time. When the, when the apes come up and they're looking, what is it? Space, Space balls. balls. Oh shoot! <laughs> well, there goes the planet. <laughs> But that's another one where I was like, this is dumb. Why do they have talking monkeys? Like, I just did not get the comedy at the time. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing. Now, you know, when you're a lot younger and you watch it, it does just feel like, oh, this is a funny Star Wars movie or making fun of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, But now where I've definitely taken in much more pop culture in my life than I had back then. Probably more than anyone should, but still, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of the jokes make more sense. And it it just, it's like they have, when he goes over to the tapes and they've got, I don't know how many Rocky films just laying out there. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's Rocky funny. They, Thousand. And, and what's funny is when this was done, you know, back in the eighties, they maybe gotten up to Rocky four at that point. But like, <laughs> now what are we on? Like there's been Rocky five and then Rocky Balboa, and now the two Creed movies. Creed movies. So we're getting into that range of Rocky movies that they show. Um, but, like, it's just... Oh, it is just... You, you have to let yourself go when you watch it mm-hmm. and just you enjoy it. You cannot take this seriously at all. No, not uh-uh. at all. And, uh-uh. and, and first of all, if you're sitting down to watch a Mel Brooks film and you're wanting to take it seriously, you've made a mistake already. I'm going to really dive into the cinematography and how it <laughs> illustrates the inner workings of the character. Yeah, that's not yeah. happening in this one. Yeah. <laughs> there there are some great side characters in this too. Because you, you've got Rick Moranis as Dark Helmet. You've got uh, Mel Brooks as President Scroop and as Yogurt. Right. I think he plays both roles. Um, and then you've got um, the side characters like Colonel Sanders. You've got Scrooge's assistant who mm-hmm. is like the biggest pervert in the galaxy. And, but it's done in such a subtle way that if you're a kid and watching it, you totally miss that. <laughs> but like when she's talking about snotty beaming her and, and like how many times he beamed her and everything, you're like, wait a second. Whoa. Or when she calls him on the bathroom wall <laughs> anyway she and she does great because it's just a look here and there that you're like oh my mm-hmm. gosh she is such a perm. <laughs> um and and you've got to love barf you've got to love dot matrix the joan, the the joan, droid um, oh uh, joan rivers rivers thank you i was thinking yeah. joan phillips and i'm like that's not right yeah joan rivers um for those of you who don't know joan rivers tremendous comedian um, yes, and and that's her voice, and the I love the fact that they made the robot kind of look like her. Yeah, it's a really crappy robot version of of her. So yeah, yeah, it's like if if she and C three PO had a baby, it would look like <laughs> Dot Matrix. Basically, is what Dot Matrix is. So did you did you have a crush on the Princess of Druidia growing up like I did? Oh yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> I mean, and that's another one that the way that they. I don't know how to describe this, but there's a certain eighties attractiveness that they have in these movies where these, the way that they portray these female characters, it's not 
over the top, like reveal everything, but there's just something about it where you're like, she makes me feel weird in a weird way as I'm getting older. <laughs> but there's nothing like inappropriate about anyway. No, yes, uh-uh. yeah, I, yeah, I think I, so. I, as as a child of the '80s, I totally get where you're going with this. Yeah, it was a very, very special time. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, and, and she was, <laughs> and she was really good. I don't know that she's really done a whole lot outside she didn't. of this. I, I looked up. Um, she did a lot of TV. She did um, One Tree Hill. Um, mm. She did something else on the CW for like eight seasons. So she did a lot of TV work. Um, she's still active um, as an actor, but nothing. This was probably her biggest uh, in her career, which is interesting. But then yeah, you've that- got the dad from Eight is Enough. Yes. Who plays the, the king. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, flashback to eight is enough. That was I'm like, oh man. It's it's well, so 80s. It is so it totally is 80s. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, if you've seen more um Mel Brooks films, you see some of these actors kind of show up because I think that the actor who plays King Roland, who who was the dad in Eight is Enough. I think he's in some other Mel Brooks films as well. So. And he kind of pops up in there. And and I think that's the way it goes, right? You when you start making movies like this, you kind of get this group of people that like just mm-hmm. want to be part of it and just want to have a good time. And well, you can rely on them to do the side characters that they do. And I was gonna say Scorsese can't make a movie without Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro right now. So, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so it's like that. It's like that. It's like Scorsese and De Niro. Um, yeah. Yeah, with, with Mel Brooks and, and his. <laughs> the film gods tell I'm sure smite Scorsese me down for that appreciates one. appreciates that kind of comparison. Uh, the film I was gods are going to smite me. Yeah. I was thinking more like Adam Sandler. If you watch an Adam Sandler movie, you're going to see the same three or four guys that are in every Adam Sandler movie. Yes. And they're just his friends. They do nothing else because they're crap actors. I, that's not fair. No. They, they're fine. But they show up in Adam Sandler films in that day. <laughs> but it's just a bunch of guys getting together and making a movie and having fun. And yeah, you got to respect that, you know. Oh, I, sure. I, and I kind of get the feeling with this film too. I mean, like so much of it is so low budget, but it still works pretty well. That little alien thing is a little stop motion puppet, but yeah. it works. The spaceships going through space look hokey, but that's yeah. the whole the whole point, and, you know. And, and the, then. The Schwartz is like uh, animated, and when they get all tangled up, like it looks like a cartoon, but but it works in the context of the film. I don't think that that would work in a Star Wars film because it would no. be like that looks too campy. Right but in this, right. it's fine because everything well, is campy. And the lightsaber is such a cool, iconic weapon. Like you just feel cool. Like right behind you, you have a lightsaber on display, yes. and here it's this little ring. That just makes this little boop. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, say, like say goodbye to your two friends. And I don't yeah. mean barf. <laughs> I mean, there yeah. is some there is some innuendo there that just completely went over my head when I was a kid. I know the, there's like she's the gone conversation. from suck to blow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I see your Schwartz is bigger than mine, like. I think I got that one quicker than a lot of the other yes. windows, like at a younger age. Cause uh-huh, that one's uh-huh. pretty that one, I'm blatant. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's, 
yeah, it, it's totally full of that kind of stuff. And, um, but, but that's what it is. It, and, and it knows what it is from the beginning. Right. It doesn't pretend to be anything else. It's not taking itself seriously mm-hmm. at all. I mean, listen, they talk about jamming the radar and then they throw a giant jar of jam at the radar. They are taking it to this level of ludicrous. I, yeah, it is. It is ludicrous. There's no other way to describe it because that's exactly what it is. And and so you know that they're just willing to take it to those limits and not worry about what it is and not take themselves seriously. And if you can sit down and watch this film and not take it seriously and really just appreciate the humor in it, then you'll really enjoy this film. And mm-hmm. I and I think most of our listeners have probably seen it. I think most of our listeners are pretty I would think um, so. movie savvy and would, would have seen this movie at some point but or another. I bet you a lot of them are like us and haven't watched this movie in forever. Um, yeah. It's free. It's free streaming on Roku. Um, you got commercials that you got to sit through, but it's not that big yeah. of a deal. Um, otherwise, it's a couple bucks to rent. But yeah, man, and it really, was a, it was I, a welcome up, trip to nostalgia. I ended up buying it on iTunes for like 10 bucks. And I was like, yeah, because it was like four bucks to rent or 10 bucks to buy. I was like, I'll just buy it because I'll probably watch it again. Sure, um, sure. Or my kids might be interested as they get a little bit older. You're so. like, you know what? It's been a long day. I need a giggle on a Friday night. Let's throw on space balls. Yeah, exactly. Like when <laughs> when you talked about wanting a movie that you didn't have to sit and listen to. I mean, obviously, space balls wouldn't work in this context because we were talking about it today. Right, right. But like generally speaking, you could put that on and just mm-hmm. like just hear in the background and be like, oh, okay. It's every once in a while, just chuckle to yourself and whatever. But um, it, it's a fun, fun movie. Um, it's a John Candy role that you don't oh, normally see him in. So, um, so underappreciated and, and gone too soon, man. Absolutely. I and, love John Candy. I mean, he's in a dog outfit in a Mel Brooks movie and he brings such warmth and humanity to this yeah. role. Like, the the scene at the diner where the tail is is swapping the the waitress's skirt. Yes, she's like, I'm sorry, mind of its own, can't control it. <laughs> <laughs> or or the scene, poor poor Barf when he comes in and they're lifting up the statue and then it like drops on his foot, and the way and he makes it like he does such little subtle things in it uh-huh. too, mm-hmm. like when he goes down to get the princess, which first of all, again, you can't even think about it because he's just climbing down a ladder in space from one spaceship to another, no spacesuit, nothing. And that's the thing is you can't, you, <laughs> and just I gotta think go they with do that it. on purpose. They, they do it on purpose to kind of point out that there's a lot of stuff in star Wars that when you start to think about it, doesn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. they're just blatantly doing it. Like they don't care. And right. when he's climbing down the ladder and he's like we got to get up here so we can get you out of here and whatever and she's like well what about all my luggage and like it's taking too long and he starts kind of whimpering like a dog but he does it so subtly that you you can miss it but it's so well done he's like it's so good <laughs> and it's just great and the look like, on his face he just looks like such a sad <laughs> like the puppy who got left home you know he's just... yeah <laughs> it, it's just awesome he and that's the thing, like, it takes a lot of talent. If somebody brings you in and they're like, okay, 
we're going to have you play a mog. And you're like, well, what is a mog? Well, it's half man, half dog. So you're going to be in this ridiculous dog outfit that's going to look cheap and it's going to look bad on purpose. And your and name we is need Barf. You, and your name is Barf, <laughs> but you are the heart of this show. So we need you to really bring it. It takes a special kind of talent to be like, I can do that. I and got then you. To do it. It's yes. just yes. like, there are not a lot of big name actors that I think would be able to pull that off because they'd be like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. I feel self-conscious and stupid about this. I don't want to do this because it's not like John Candy wasn't a big name at that point. He was, right. he was a big right. star when Spaceballs mm-hmm. came out. So it wasn't like he was just trying to get into the business here. Well, and the, so the thing I love with John Candy is you don't, sometimes you'll see an actor and you're like, Oh, that's the actor playing this character. Mm-hmm. Um, with John Candy, it's just the character. Like he's yeah. Mark, he's the guy from Summer uh, Rental. He's plays trains and automobiles. Del Griffith, you know, yep. just he becomes that character and really kind of molds himself into that. And you just go with whatever he's creating. Yeah, I, so, I agree. Yeah, he's he's so talented and was gone way too soon. Um, but just an incredible talent. And and, and luckily now we're getting Rick Moranis back in some stuff. I know. I'm excited for that. Took some time away to raise his family out of the spotlight and major props to him for that. And now he's coming back and he's done a couple of uh, commercials with Ryan Reynolds. And Which are great uh, commercials. They're, they're making a, a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids film for Disney Plus. So, yeah. Yeah. Good to have him Which, back. It is good to have him back. But I also respect the fact that he said, you know, at the point that he did, because again, it wasn't like he was just breaking into the business. He was a big right. star he was when he decided to step away. Mm-hmm. And um, I still think even when you see him on like the Ryan Reynolds commercial, it just seems like this guy just doesn't take himself too seriously. Right. He, right. He's like, he he's just, just Rick Moranis. This is just happens to be his job. <laughs> right. and, like, and he just happens to be really good at it. And, and, and it's, he, he seems like the kind of guy you want to go and have lunch with and just chat. And he would yeah. tell you all sorts of stories that would be hilarious, but you feel like you're just with a friend. Yeah, I agree. I think so. And, and I don't ever want to meet him and have that, um, that broken illusion probably <laughs> taken away from me. Like I just, I, 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 everything that I've heard is he's a really decent, nice guy. And I think you're right, Tracy. But, but if you catch um, him on the wrong day, that could Right. And I don't want that ruined for me. Right. Right. Absolutely. But now we've got to grade this movie and I'm so torn on how to grade this movie. (laughs) Like, I don't think you can grade this based on, well, I don't know. I want to hear what you gave it, Tracy and why. All right. right. Well, this (laughs) is my thoughts. Like I said, and we have said throughout this conversation is this movie is completely ludicrous. It is off the rails. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But man, the the jokes come fast and the furious. They the acting is for what it was not bad. I mean, um, a very different version of Rick Moranis. This was this wannabe evil dictator who just really is just kind of a soft little nerd <laughs> guy in a giant helmet and. <laughs> But he wants to be this evil dictator. Um, it's a it's a B movie, and I I'm gonna give it a B. I, it's a solid B for me. I I I. It's not great cinema. It's not Citizen Kane. It is not 
um, some of these other movies, but it is what it is. And what it is, is really funny and really clever and really well done. I mean, clever is stupid. And there's, yeah. you can get so dumb. Like this, this straddles the line between dumb and silly and, mm-hmm. and handles it really well. Um, in the hands of a lesser filmmaker, this would have just been a really, really terrible movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, there's laughs. It was fun to go back and nostalgia, very eighties based. I I'm going, I'm going with a B. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I think that's about right. I, it's hard because when I look at grading a movie, I'm like, okay, well, did I enjoy the story? Did I enjoy the acting? Did I enjoy? Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is I, the story it could have been any story here. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it was so inconsequential to the actual film and what they were trying to do, but they weren't wanting it. Like the writing wasn't supposed to be like this powerful story. It was supposed to be what it was. And that's the hard thing is mm-hmm. the acting was great from a couple of actors and it was okay for the other actors for what it was, but they weren't looking for it to be great. And so right. you can't like any, any complaint that you could throw at this, it would be like, well, yeah, but that's not what we were trying to do for what they were trying to do. This is a really good movie that stands the Mm -hmm. test of time. Mm -hmm. It's funny. A lot of the jokes still land really, really well. And the ones that don't are, you're already onto the next one so fast. Like you said, Tracy, that they don't even matter. Um, It's not as work. It's, it's not blazing saddles or young Frankenstein, but no, but I think that it's better than like Robin Hood men in tights, which, yeah. although I haven't seen that in years. So maybe I'd have a different uh, reaction to that now, but you know, I, I think that's a good place to put this. It, it, it is like, it isn't blazing saddles or young Frankenstein, which I think are two of the greatest comedies that have ever been done. Um, they're just so good. And this, doesn't get up to that level, but it is, I think a step above Robin Hood mm-hmm. men in tights. And I think that's a good place to put it. Um, and, and for me, that, that would probably put it as a B as well. Um, nice. Blazing Saddles, nice. Young, young Frankenstein might be getting into the eight territory, but we're not yes. talking about Mel Brooks films and we're not talking about right. those films right now. So I can't right. tell you. You'll but have to tune in later. You have to go in. If you haven't seen it in a long time, if you didn't experience it back in the eighties, um, get ready, but you know, bu- buckle in, but like I said, it is silly, it's over the top, but it's amusing and it just is a really funny little silly yeah. little inconsequential movie. It's not going to yeah, change it, your world, it's not going to change your life, but no. it's going to give you an hour and a half of a good time. Yep, and and honestly, and it is it's only an hour and a half, so really you're not even going to we're not even having to commit a ton of time to it. But honestly, if you saw this 15 years ago and you liked it or you saw this as a kid and you liked it, Watch it again because you'll probably still like it. There have been other movies that we've reviewed where I was like, I really liked that as a kid. And then I watch it. I'm like, uh-huh. why did the I like trap. The parent yeah. trap comes to mind immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, or even like we, we talked recently about Nacho Libre. I remember when that came uh-huh. out, I enjoyed it a lot more than I did this last time when we watched it. And I was like, but th- this is very different because I think I got more of the jokes uh-huh. You know, 10, 15 years later, I think I um, enjoyed it on a different level. And I think that that you will, too. If you haven't seen it in a long time, go check it out. It's it's free in some places to stream with commercials or not a whole lot to rent or buy. So, yeah. 
Yeah, three ninety nine. And if you've got an old VHS of it sitting around, just dust <laughs> it off, put it in your VCR, <laughs> and watch it. The other thing, real quick, I remember going to the theater, and again, I I, I was so young, I was twelve, I didn't get a lot of the jokes, but so much of the merchandise at the movie theater was Spaceballs themed. So it was um, Spaceballs the soda cup, and it was yes. Spaceballs the popcorn box. <laughs> And listen, if if you're watching this movie and they start talking about the merchandising and like I've I've seen Star Wars fans get upset about things like that because it's like, well, no, Star Wars isn't just about the merchandising. I'm telling you, go back, watch like on Netflix. There's the toys that made us Uh and they talk about Uh the Star Wars toys. Go find a good documentary like that about the merchandising that went along with Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And they hit it right on the money in Spaceballs because they licensed everything everything Lucas was a genius in the marketing Lucas said to the to the studio they were having trouble with the budget and he had to go back for more money and he said tell you what I'll take a lower cut on my initial fee but I get all the merchandising and advertising rights and at the time they didn't merchandise films so Fox Studios was like yeah whatever great have at it and everything i i had star wars sheets i had pillowcases i had drapes i had toys i had soap i mean there was so much george, star wars stuff george lucas and that licensing deal that he made for the merchandising and things like that of star wars is the reason why your kids have spider-man sheets on their beds right now right. and the reason right. why like that I mean, and Disney has copied that with mm-hmm. with their Marvel mm-hmm. stuff, and just in just in general. I mean, let's face it: there are two company or two people that do or two groups, I guess, that do this kind of merchandising better than anybody else. It's Disney and it's Lucasfilm. Now that they're yep. owned by the same company, they're unstoppable. I mean, it's just <laughs> what it is. <laughs> but I'm not even angry about it because I'm fine nope. with buying a bunch of Star Wars crap and Disney crap, and I don't care. Uh-huh. And if you're not, I, I, then I, you don't have to buy it. Nobody's making you buy it. That's okay but, too. Yeah. But George it's, Lucas, uh, he got wealthy, not off of the star Wars films, but off the merchandise. Exactly. Right. He made more money in one year off merchandising than he did for all the theatrical releases, uh, gross box office. So, yep. I mean, yeah, yeah. But that, that was so. the other thing that stuck out at me last night watching it. I'm like, I remember going to the theater and it was like Spaceballs, the mat, you know, on the ground. And yeah. they had stickers and it, like a sticker on the wall and it said Spaceballs, the sticker. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't in on the joke, so it didn't make sense. But but now, like if this had come out now, I think I and I was thinking about that. Like we need a Spaceballs 2 of some sort because like there's been so much more Star Wars that's come uh-huh. after this and there's so much more that you could make fun of and I poke a, fun at. I need a, a a a helmet, Lord Helmet action figure. Yes, well, I need the whole set so I can recreate <laughs> that scene in my basement. It's fine. <laughs> oh man, oh, so man. silliest movie we've ever done by far. I think so. I think so. And maybe we need to do more Mel Brooks films to kind of compete with that. Yeah, I don't know. Could. I was thinking about that last night. I'm like, you know, I have not seen Blazing Saddles in a long time. Um, yeah. So that one, that one was one that I'm like, okay, I got to put that back on the list. I haven't watched Young yeah. Frankenstein in some years, so that so that's another one that I'm like, okay, I got to put that on the list. But yeah, Young Frankenstein to me is really funny because 
we were pretty uh, growing up. We were pretty um, careful about the content that we watched, I guess is how I'll say it Mm -hmm, as far as mm -hmm. pretty conservative and things like that. But young Frankenstein was something that we watched every Halloween, every year, my dad could quote it. And I remember getting older and starting to get more of the humor in it. I'm like, this is a filthy show, like compared to some of those. And it's not like overly bad. That people would be like, wow, Jake's a prude. No, I'm just saying, like, once I started getting some of the jokes, I was like, I am surprised that we watched this as often as we did. So true. So true. Roll, 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 roll. And say. And say. <laughs> Monty Python's a lot like that too. You watch some yes. like the Holy Grail now, and you're like, "Wow, there is some stuff in there that I don't know is appropriate for kids." But you know, right yep. over our heads at the right. time. Yeah, yep. Like stuff that if my kid comes in while I'm watching it, I'm like, "Oh man," but they don't know what's going on. No, I have no clue. And I'm like, "What was wrong with my parents that they let me watch this stuff?" Although to hey, be kids, fair with Monty. With Monty Python, we didn't grow up watching Monty Python. I was uh-huh. probably in my mid to late teens when I saw um, mm. Holy Grail for the first time. And it was not with the consent of my parents. Not that they were against me watching it. Like, my dad just doesn't care for Monty Python. So it wasn't like he sat down and watched it with me or anything. It was uh-huh. like, I watched uh-huh. it at a friend's house. And I'm like, have you guys heard of this movie? And they were like, it's stupid. Dad, <laughs> Oh man, there's there's some great stuff. I, yeah, Monty Python is oh so yeah. good, so good. Okay, yeah, we we've got a cameo here by number six. <laughs> hey, I'm recording a show. Can you? Yeah, it's Ben. He's Hi, talking ben. about how, and this is appropriate for what we're talking about with spaceballs. He's talking about how big his lightsaber is. <laughs> And there's just, I'm not going to go there because it's he's talking I, about either, his little plastic and... toy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yep. not going like... to go near that one. <laughs> so, but turn right. it on, have a laugh, enjoy yourself. Exactly. And it's, it's a lot of fun. You'll really enjoy it. Um, and if you don't, then we're sorry. And that's okay. You have no soul. <laughs> Or we just hope you find something else to watch that you enjoy instead. And that's fine. Sure, too. that too. Um, next week, we are going to be back with some more staff picks for you guys. Um, we are, have picked uh, three movies each uh, based on a weird director, kind of off the wall kind of director. Um, and so we'll unveil those picks next week uh, as we go into March Madness, where we are going to be doing, uh, we, we're each picking a film that's just a little bit weird. Uh, for March Madness, and in there somewhere, we are going to talk about the Zack Snyder Justice League. Yes, yes, um, um, that's coming out on HBO Max, and I think that'll be an interesting conversation. We're going to go live with that. We want to have um, feedback from people in real time, um, like yep. we've done in the past. Um, I think all three of us are on the same page in that we're not huge Zack Snyder fans. We're not huge. Um, we're not like savoring and and just chomping at the bit to watch this. It'll be interesting Actually, to, to, to see. I will probably only watch it because we're talking about it on the show. <laughs> like I, that's kind of where I am with it. I, yeah. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I love the Marvel movies, um, but I was a DC kid growing up. Like Batman was my guy. Um, yeah. And and you're a huge Superman fan. 
Um, I am. Yep. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I'm I, I I don't think Zack Snyder really understands these characters. He wanted to do more of a deconstruction of the superhero, um, as yeah. opposed to what they're supposed to be, which works for like Batman, but doesn't work for Superman. Doesn't work for the Flash. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see. It's a it's a weird experiment, but hey, we'll we'll check it out and let you know. Yep. And we'll talk about it right here. So March is going to be all about some kind of off the wall kind of stuff because um, <laughs> it's March Madness. I keep telling people we're doing March Madness. There was like, so you're going to talk about basketball movies? No, no, like nerdy Crazy. movie kind of March Madness, not like basketball sports nerd kind of March Madness, which right. we're big basketball fans fun. too. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. we're not against Hoosiers. Sports. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love person. to do a month of like Hoosiers and glory road and mm-hmm. there's some good basketball flicks out there there's for some sure. very good good stuff out there yeah but we're not talking about those next month we're talking about no. weird movies so it'll be fun. <laughs> uh, and then we'll we'll figure out what we're going to do in april but that's what we've got coming up in march so we hope that you'll stick around check us out uh, you can send us uh email feedback at uh podcast at movies that make us.com you can also uh follow us on all the social media please do um get your bot friends to follow us as well <laughs> We, I just learned that there are over a hundred million people on Instagram with a hundred thousand or more followers. We're slacking. We need more followers. So please follow us on Instagram, especially because we want to start getting those free deals from people. Oh, so I, I, I need some, some free swag. So get, get on that and send us uh get us some swag. Exactly. Exactly. We want to get one of those all expenses paid vacations. Yes. To take lots of pictures and stuff. So, <laughs> um, and if you haven't checked out Fake Famous, you really should. It's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun in that it's very interesting. Uh, yeah. And then you'll get what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we really appreciate everything that you guys do. Uh, all of your interactions. We've had quite a few over the last couple of weeks, and we really appreciate that. Um, we think it's great. And I guess that's it. I mean, until next time, we won't see you at the movies. Space balls. Space balls. <laughs> This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.